Hey, Hope family, welcome back to Hope Daily. It is the month of May, and as I've been doing all year, I'm going to be following along with the year two Bible reading plan, which means that this month I am reading through the book of Exodus, specifically with chapters 1 through 20, and then chapters 32, 33, and 34. So as I make my way through Exodus, I'll be sharing some thoughts with you that I hope bring the text to life, challenge you, and encourage you along the way. No better place to begin than, well, the beginning. But actually, we need to recap a little bit because this won't happen every month, but we are reading Exodus and we just finished Genesis, so the story is a continuation. If you'll recall from Friday, we looked at the would-be happy ending. Joseph is the suffering servant who brought Israel out of exile and a return to the garden where they were free to follow God and be fruitful and multiply. Well, Exodus picks up on that garden theme. We are told in Exodus 1 verses 6 and 7, Now Joseph and all his brothers and all that generation died, but the Israelites were exceedingly fruitful. They multiplied greatly, increased in numbers, and became so numerous that the land was filled with them. Things are going well, at least through seven verses of the book of Exodus. Israel is living into the promises of God. They have settled in Goshen, a real place, but also a play on words for the word garden. So they are back in the garden. They are filling the land by being fruitful and multiplying just as God has had always planned. Then in verse 8 we read, A new king, to whom Joseph meant nothing, came to power in Egypt. Look, he said to his people, the Israelites have become far too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them, or they will become even more numerous, and if war breaks out, will join our enemies, fight against us, and leave the country. God's people, thriving in a garden, is met by a shrewd opponent. Does this sound familiar to anyone? Genesis 3.1 says that the serpent was more subtle crafty, or shrewd than the other wild animals. In a few chapters, the metaphor is drawn out even more when Moses is preparing to meet Pharaoh and Yahweh gives Moses a sign. His staff will turn into a serpent, but when Moses grabs it again, it will return to a staff. In fact, when Moses and Aaron do approach Pharaoh, they perform this sign and Pharaoh's like, oh yeah, watch this, and he gets his magicians to do the same thing. But Aaron's serpent swallows up all of Pharaoh's, and then returns to the form of a staff. We are being set up for a showdown between the image of God and the shrewd serpent. This is a showdown that was promised to us when God told Eve that her seed would go up against the seed of the serpent. Moses represents the promised seed and Pharaoh the seed of the serpent. Our expectations are heightened that all will finally be made right. We'll have to keep reading to see if that happens. But briefly, I want to look at one more thing that I think will hit close to home for many of us. Pharaoh, this new king, sees the great numbers of people and he's afraid. What is he afraid of? He says they are too many, that they will become more, and if a war breaks out, they'll take our enemy's side and then leave. Fear is always an irrational actor. It disguises itself as prudence and wisdom, but there is no threat to Pharaoh or his kingdom here. He just thinks there might be one eventually, so he takes harsh action. And this is what fear does to us all of the time. And can I say that this is how the Pharaohs of our world still wield fear against us? 
Turn on your favorite news station and you'll see the pharaoh court jesters shouting about them who are becoming too numerous. And if we don't do something to stop them, then surely they will use their numbers to wipe us out. When your only mechanism for influence is power, you must manipulate and control. You must stoke fears and get people on your side to preempt what you tell them is an incoming attack so that you have the advantage. Let me remind you that this is the way of the serpent. This is not the way of our Messiah. When Pharaoh sees strangers and others, he sees an enemy. But when the Messiah sees others, he invites them, come and follow me. He says, I'm coming to your house today. Our Messiah also said, in this life, you will have troubles, but fear not, for I have overcome the world. We have already secured our victory, not through preemptive attacks, but through sacrificial love. May God give you ears to hear that when the pharaohs of this world warn you about them and encourage you to use power to stop them, I pray that your heart would be reminded that you've already won. The way to stop them is not to attack, but to love your enemies, to offer them food and drink, to welcome them in as a brother and sister, that they may experience the life-changing mercy of the seed of the woman, Jesus the Christ.